the A team. Woo! <laughs> I cut out the beginning section where they mention if you're looking for uh, a certain particular oh, kind of team. That's because it would just take it just take forever though. How bad did you want a black band with black <laughs> wheels and that like red diagonal racing stripe going down it? Oh, uh, Mr. T. I pity the fool. B A Baracus. What's that his name? Baracus, Baracus, something like that. Yeah. 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 I loved A-Team. I loved it. With face. I almost went for a 60s song, and then I saw this one and went, yeah. We, I, I almost for a second thought we'd done it before, but we obviously have not. No. that we, we It came up once because I mistook uh, Magnum P.I.'s theme yeah. song for that, the A-Team. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I wouldn't have thought of that one. Well, welcome everybody to Joel and Rob's podcast. It is chapter 26 that we are on, <clears throat> titled Making It Real. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm feeling spunky, Joel. Spunky. How are you doing? Spunky. I'm doing well. Good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thanks. As do you. Well, thanks. I'm getting ready for Youth Sunday. Are you excited about You Sunday or nervous about You Sunday? I'm excited about it. Well, all right. Actually, yes. Usually I'm nervous at this point, but I'm excited. Well, we have three phenomenal sermons coming up. We, we know do. That. Boy, I've read them all. We do. And I tell you what, as somebody who used to be in charge of Youth Sundays, yeah. I know how much work goes into them, and it is a tremendous amount of work to be sure, both by you, I know, and the youth, mm-hmm. but I also have to say, I've never seen youth Sundays that have had more meaning poured into them than the ones here at TPC. Oh, please. No, I'm dead serious. No, go on. Seriously, please go on. I will. <laughs> Every year, they uh, they prove incredibly meaningful. Yeah. So I'm excited for it, too. I am, too. We've got great teens, <clears throat> and I've read their sermons, and they are great. Um, so, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. I am. Good. But first, let's get to chapter 26, Making titled it Making It Real. And so, <clears throat> Brian uses um, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 19. There's a couple stories in there. Mm-hmm. So, let's dive into those first. First is the story of the paralyzed man. And so they're in Capernaum, and there's a crowd inside someone's home. People are outside the home. Jam-packed, so people can't even get in. They've come to see this this teacher-slash-healer, and a group of friends are desperate to bring their paralyzed friend Mm -hmm. to Jesus. So they take him up on the roof. They cut Mm -hmm. a hole in the roof and then somehow lower him down. Lower him down. Yep. Um, And uh, Jesus makes the point. He notices the friends in particular, their Their faith, faith. their faith and says to that man, Mm -hmm. paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Um, But he's talking about not his faith, but his friend's faith. Yeah. He saved because of his friend's faith. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then naturally people at this, uh, I believe it's religious leaders, get a little 
um, uncomfortable with this statement and say, who can forgive sins? And um, Jesus says, what is it easier for me to forgive sins or to heal someone? Just so you can show who I am. Um, It's one of my all-time favorite stories of the gospel. It's a great story. Uh, And the man gets up, is healed, gets up and walks out. That leads right into Jesus um, running into Levi, who becomes one of his disciples. Good old Levi. Who is a tax collector. Yeah. uh, And says, Levi, follow me. And Levi also gets up and follows him. And then that leads into dinner at Levi's house, where Mark says that he is surrounded by tax collectors and sinners. So Mark kind of equates those two, or at least includes tax collectors in the same phrase as sinners. Like yeah. just so you, just so you know, they're both looked down upon. Surrounded by a bunch of scum. Yep. <clears throat> um, and Mark describes it as Pharisees and teachers of the law. Um. Accuses Jesus. Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? And then Jesus has, I think, a fascinating answer to this. He says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So thoughts on this scripture. Uh, I love love those lessons. Um, And as somebody who all... As a youth, as a young adult, as somebody who was a really wrestling, as I shared before on this podcast, with the <clears throat> whole notion of, you know, hell, and do people who never hear of Christ actually really end up in hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can a God of love condemn, you know, the girl growing up right now in China or Af- Africa or uh, who knows where, mm-hmm. uh, who never learns of Christ? Because they don't, quote-unquote, believe in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that story has always been kind of like a brilliant light shining, just from my approach to the gospel, because Jesus didn't see the man's faith. Jesus saw his friend's faith. Yeah. There is something about faith that is... And he get. G- uh, McLaren gets into it in this chapter that is more than simply believing that yeah. is more than simply assenting to the right notions of what is or what isn't yeah and I think that story uh, does a beautiful job of bringing that to life yeah you know this man is saved not because of anything he did not because of anything he believed not because of anything other than the fact that his friends loved him enough to take him to Jesus. Yes. We don't know if this man got up and thanked God. We don't know if this man even wanted to be taken to Jesus. Maybe he was screaming at them <laughs> on top of the roof. Don't take right. me to this nut job right. from Nazareth. I don't want him touching me. Yeah. I mean, we don't we, we don't know anything yeah. like that. We yeah. we want to we want to assume we want to make it fit into our natural rubric that oh, of course this man wanted to be saved. But the, the gospels are very intentional. I mean, it's this is not an accident. The language is very intentional in saying yeah. it was their faith that did it, which yeah. which to me was always kind of this, you know, there there's definitely more to faith than simply saying, I believe in Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah, and <clears throat> instead of faith as a 
belief in, in particular doctrine. Here, it's faith has action to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we could say faith is more of a verb than a noun, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is something that is lived as opposed to um, uh, cerebral concepts that I am yeah. checking off, you know? Which is what we, we in the church today tend to do, right? Absolutely. We want to make faith purely this cerebral cognitive process of the mind. Sure. And we need, we absolutely need <clears throat> some of that. We need we need core beliefs to kind of guide us, but when it ends there, <clears throat> we have, we've missed the whole point of it. Can I take us on a strange tangent? Um, yes. There's another part of the story that I've always wanted to follow, and of course the Gospels don't. Yeah. But you're the guy or the woman who owns that house. There'll be a man who would own the house. Right. You know, like, hey, don't cut a hole in my roof. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what are you doing up there? Like, don't be ripping through my roof. Like, like, that, like that, that's just totally ignored that they're climbing up on this guy's house and digging through his roof. Can you imagine the Saturday Night Live skit for this for this thing? Yeah. Where there's somebody like, whoa, what uh, are you doing? All of a sudden, it just starts to like, no, falls down. What the heck? <laughs> As the as Jesus is offering this healing, the owner of the house has got you know some caulk and and a two by four and like no, I'll get it. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. So it, for me, this story too is 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 classic. But I also <clears throat> I've always loved his final words in this story. Um, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And he's kind of making the point in this story as he looks at this is kind of a it's an accusation to the religious leaders too that if you don't somewhat know that you are in need of Jesus there's not much he can offer you but you're also missing the point of this <clears throat> of this relationship that he invites us into well said. you know yeah um and so that's always been <clears throat> to me it's a it's a humbling but it's also a it it keeps me from uh thinking i've got everything figured out and um uh and that there is always some kind of healing or some kind of transformation that i need and when i lose sight of that oof kind of missing the point of it and how frequently i think we do tend to lose sight not you but we humanity in general lose sight of that well i mean we we, so often we cut like here's like this is a common refrain in the church i know you hear it i hear it why do we have a prayer of confession every week yeah or what if i don't feel like i'm as bad as the prayer of confession says i am and there's there's definitely truth in that because in the communal prayer of confession which we in the presbyterian tradition have just about every Sunday. Yep. Um, you know, we confess things that bad things, maybe not. Uh, we confess sins that we committed, but also the good that we avoided. And we name things like bigotry and racism and mm-hmm. and large scale <clears throat> s- systemic kind of issues mm-hmm. that we face. And I, and I totally understand how people can say, but I I don't think I participated in any of these this week yeah you know but but and yet 
the truth is we have all we have all had we all have this relationship with God where we come to God in need in need of grace in need of that healing touch that only God can can give us yep and that's actually why confession is such an important part of our tradition it's not because we have to say all the time that we're that bad that's not it at all it's that we need to recognize you know what Jesus is saying we we're all broken yes whether we realize it or not, we are all broken, and we all need what only Jesus can give in that relationship of grace and love. It also speaks to um, uh, the difference between um, putting a priority on believing or belonging, mm. and how we have here intentionally tried to flip that to belong first. Mm-hmm. You are loved. You are accepted. Come and be a part of our community of faith, and figure out that belief among us. Um, But the belonging part, which I think speaks to Jesus's ministry incredibly. Very well said. Comes first. Yeah, you belong here whether you believe it or not. Yeah. You... (laughs) You belong to Jesus, whether you believe it or not. And that's what we... loved, whether you believe it or not. Yeah, and then I think that has kind of framed our focus here as pastors. Yeah, too. TPC. Yeah. You know? So let's jump into this chapter. <clears throat> it's a different one because it's a narrative. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't read this one, um, this podcast will not do it justice. You need to sit down and read it because um, he writes so well and I have written up much of this chapter. He, yeah, he's writing almost a novel form. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and so he takes it from the point of view of um, the reader is a small group that has wandered over to this home, and they've run into Mary from Magdala. Yeah, we who, call her Mary Magdalene yep. normally in the church. Yeah, and she's right. It's it's Mary. We don't. Her last name isn't Mary from Magdalene. It's from Magdala. Ma- it's Mary. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, what'd you like from this? What what stood out to you? Uh, like you, I like that it was narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a bunch that I have a whole lot written up in here too. But th- the first thing that I'll note is I love how honest he portrayed Mary as being with her doubt. Mm-hmm. And like, do you really believe all this stuff? And on one twenty three, she says, "Well, sometimes I think his message is." Cr- is the crazy dream of poets and artists, the fantasy of children at play, yeah. etc. But then I ask, what other message could possibly change the world? Yeah. Yes. Perhaps what is truly crazy is what we are doing instead, thinking that a little more hate can conquer hate, or a little more war can cure war, or a little more pride can overcome pride. I mean, oh my gosh. Yep. You got to keep going. A little more revenge can end revenge. A little more gold can cure. Sorry, more gold can cure greed. Greed. A little more division can create cohesion. And I love where he's going with this, and I'll get to that in a second. But I'll be honest. The first thing that I I thought of with that is uh, because you and I have had this conversation outside of of the podcast at times. Uh, with where society is right now and the division between left and right and right now with the primaries going on mm-hmm. and how much the polarized sides don't just not like each other. They don't trust each other. They even hate each other. Mm-hmm. 
and how neither side, neither polarized side, seems to see that that hate of the other mm. contributes to the entire dysfunction yeah. that they're railing mm. against <clears throat> mm-hmm. or that we rail against. You know, we rail against a dysfunctional system mm-hmm. and we say that it, the other side is based too much on this or too much that. Yeah. And yet when we, when we label the other side as evil or and, and imbue hate into it, yeah. you know, we end up just adding to the dysfunction. Yeah. And that was a really good reminder. You know, we, we, we try to drown out hate, but then we end up hating the people who we think are contributing to the hate. And it just adds. It's a vicious cycle, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, he, he slowly builds up to that section <clears throat> that you just described. Um, uh, the reader, so this is the previous page, asks, like, do you think he's starting a new religion? Yeah. And Mary responds, um, he's doing something far more dangerous than starting a new religion. He's, he's announcing a new kingdom. Mm-hmm. And she describes what that kingdom is like. She says, it does not come crashing in like an army. It grows slowly and quietly under the surface, like the roots of a tree, like yeast in a dough, mm-hmm. like seeds in a soil, which is all, all parables that Jesus uses to describe it. Um, and our faith unlocks its potential. Our faith makes it real. And then we get to your section you described of <clears throat> um, that this message of the kingdom, um, thinking a little more hate conquers hate, all of these things, leads up to this question that she asks of, do you trust him? Mm-hmm. And she says, it's not the same as, do you believe he existed? What we were talking about before. Do you believe certain doctrines about him? It's a, it's a question about commitment and about confidence. For Jesus, the call to trust him was closely linked to the call to follow him. Mm-hmm. And so as I read this, I thought about the question, do you trust him? Is also this question of, do you trust Jesus that this that this is truly the way of the kingdom and that, as you said, is this really the way that actually leads to actual peace, Mm -hmm. you know, actual love for one another, you know, not, not just piling on hate with more hate to get your point across. Um, And so I had, as I read this, I took a step back and went, my gosh, do yeah, do I think deep down I do believe that? Yet it's it's so hard to actually live it. The rubrics of this world <laughs> flow in a different direction, right? Yep. yep, it really is hard. But yeah, if if we truly trust that this is real, then that is what we do. Yeah. If we trust that this is the way, then that's the way we follow. You know, and, and he he directly connects trusting. And following, which is so different than believing, because you can m- mentally assent to something without building your life around it, right? Yeah. But if you trust something, if you truly trust it, well, and it was a it was a good shift on trust for me too, because I I like 
using the word trust instead of faith, having trust in God yeah. instead of faith in God. So, so I, and I often use the word trust in <clears throat> God's love for me, trust in God's <clears throat> always abiding presence, trust in God leading me, those trusts. But this was a, no, do you trust that this life I'm inviting you into is the life that truly is of the kingdom and truly mm-hmm. works. Do you trust that? This is the way of the kingdom Joel. of God. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Well said. Um, the last paragraph, uh, let me read it. We hear in her words a summons, a challenge, a life-changing invitation. Do we dare step out and follow Jesus to make the road by walking, to risk everything on an uprising of peace, an uprising of generosity, an uprising of forgiveness, an uprising of love. If we believe it, we will make it real. Mm. Do we believe that that is the way? I think that's the great challenge for people of faith today. Not just today, forever. You know, believing in it to the point where we make it so. Yeah. Yep. Because mental kind of gymnastics about who Jesus was is so much easier than this kind of belief and trust. Well, and it also reminds me that the Greek word for belief, you know, can also be interpreted as trust. Mm -hmm. So when the gospels say, you know, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life, Mm -hmm. that can also just as accurately be translated, whoever trusts in him. Yeah. And they're really, and so, and eternal life doesn't always in the gospel mean where you go when you die, even though it's using the word eternal. Yep. Eternal life is also code in the gospel life for to the fullest kingdom here. life. Yeah. So there again, you know, the gospels are not always saying you have to quote unquote mentally assent to the fact that Jesus was God incarnate yep. to go to heaven when you die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the gospels are saying when you trust in the way of this man, Jesus of Nazareth, and what he taught, and the truth he proclaimed, and the life he gave, when you trust in that way of life, you live eternity now. Yep. Well said. You can find us at Facebook and Instagram at Towson Press. Our website's towsonpress.org. We will see you Sunday at 8.30 and 10 a.m. for worship. Until next week. I'm Carl. (laughs) He's Ted. (laughs) I'm Josh. Josh. We'll see you soon.